It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. Week 15 of the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, joined with Britton Johnson. Britton, two big wins last week. You got to be feeling good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, two big wins back to 500 in conference play. Hopefully we can kind of go on a run now to close out conference play and, and you know, fight for, for that fourth seed, hopefully, in, in the SEC. There's a lot of season left to play. Six more games, three more weeks, but currently 16-9 and nine overall, 6-6 six and six in conference play. Let's go ahead and jump into last week and start talking about what went right because there were a lot of things, a lot of positive takeaways uh, especially after last week's podcast with coming off two losses, getting two wins this week. I'm really excited to break things down. So a 97-83 to 83 win at Old Miss on Wednesday, coming off a fresh one-point victory over Arkansas and Coleman Coliseum on Saturday, 68-67. to 67. Noah Gurley came up big. What did you and your teammates learn about your program this week, the direction you're headed, uh, and what were some big takeaways from the win at Old Miss and the win versus Arkansas? Um, you know, I think we're really starting to to gel even more as a team, and you can kind of see the chemistry start to pick up. And um, I think we're, you know, I, I think Ole Miss game maybe as an exception to this, but over the past you know week or two, I think we're starting to really find a little bit more of a defensive identity. Um, I think we established it a bit in this Arkansas game. I think we established it a bit in the Kentucky game, even though uh, obviously we shot really poorly. And, you know, had, had a tough loss there, but I, I thought we played well defensively. So, um, you know, I think that that's been really good for us to see. And, and you know, I know we said it about 100 times the, the week prior on the podcast of just the law of averages. So to see all of those shots fall against Ole Miss and um, we didn't have a great shooting game against Arkansas, but I'm, I'm confident, you know, that going forward, we're really going to start hitting. And um, it was good to see them all fall on uh, Wednesday, though, for sure. That was really exciting. I mean, it was 8 of 12, I believe, in the first half. Just an extremely strong three-point shooting performance. Was there anything different with the mojo going into that game, coming off of two losses? I mean, what really sparked, aside from the law of averages, uh, such a great shooting night in Oxford on Wednesday? I don't know if I have, like, a specific answer outside of I just felt we had a lot of good confidence going into that game that, you know, we are a great shooting team. We really believe it. And, you know, I thought we really did a great job of playing for each other in that game. And, and, you know, when you are playing for your teammates and and playing for the program, I think all the stuff that you are really pressing for and really wanting to happen kind of happened more naturally. And so uh, just a fantastic shooting night for us as a team. Um, I didn't think our defense was just phenomenal, but I think it was just such an up and down game that that tends to happen a lot of times in those type of games. But, um, just really good to come out with a, a good road win there um, against a team that, I mean, shoot, they were shooting the ball incredibly well as well. And so to have a double-digit win in a game where they probably shot 40-plus percent from three is pretty impressive, I think. 
I think one tale of this week was talking about two different types of games in terms of a high-scoring game Wednesday at Ole Miss, 97-83, to and then being able to win in a low-scoring game as well, 68-67, to that one-point game over Arkansas Saturday in Coleman Coliseum. Normally and statistically, this only makes sense. This is going to sound kind of stupid, but when you score in the 60s, you don't win a whole lot of games. But the defensive effort um, and be, being able to hit shots early and then guard down the stretch despite giving up a double-digit lead late in the second half. Talk a little bit about that Arkansas game, uh, the struggles late defensively, but the ability of Noah Gurley and your teammates and everybody to hold on and get that win versus Eric Musselman and the Hogs. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously not our strongest offensive game. We had a, a ton of turnovers. That was just really rough. We didn't shoot the ball great. Um, and we're playing the hottest team in the SEC. I mean, they had run, they had won nine straight, I believe. And so coming into Coleman, uh, coming off a win against the, uh, I don't know what they're ranked in the net, and that's the only ranking that matters, but a, a pretty highly ranked Auburn team. Um, and so we knew that that was going to be a big challenge winning that basketball game. And, and I thought we kind of uh, prepared really well for it. And I thought we, we really gave them some defensive looks that, uh, gave them some some problems you know I thought the zone we kind of put together uh for Note Note is a fantastic scorer we kind of threw a box and won a little bit of a diamond and one at him in, in different points in the game and uh unlike previous attempts at running the zone I thought our zone was a really good look um I thought we we did really well and outside of maybe rebounding I don't think we necessarily rebounded great outside of the zone or out of the zone but um I thought you know we did a good job of forcing misses and and Really, when you're when you're playing a zone, one of the biggest things you want to do is just make your opponent hesitate just a little bit, if that makes any sense. So um, make them think twice before they shoot the shot or make the pass or anything like that. And if you can do that, then you're messing with their head and, and they're way less likely to make that shot if they have to think about it twice, if they're just hesitating just enough. Um, and so I thought we did a really good job of flying around making plays in that. And, and obviously, the majority of the game was still played in man. And I thought we did a really good job there. Um, Note got in foul trouble early, but even in the second half, I thought it, we did a good job defending him. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a really good team and we didn't have anybody that just went off offensively. I think, you know, our, our leading score for the game finished with just 11. Um, you know, we had everybody, I think two guys in double figures, everybody else was in single figures. It was like 11 and 10. And then everybody else was, um, around there, but just to say, you know, very evenly distributed scoring game, no one really just had a great shooting night. Um, and so just to kind of tough out a win like that. And, you know, we were up at one point and then they roar back, hit some threes, hit some tough shots, take the lead. And uh, obviously Noah Gurley down the stretch, a couple of just huge, huge shots. So happy for him uh, stepping up and making plays for us really on both ends of the court. I thought he made a great uh, uh, couple of defensive plays in the last few minutes as well. And so I thought he stepped up and just played phenomenally well down the stretch and, we needed it. And so for us to kind of, like you said, be able to win a really high scoring game uh, earlier in the week and then win a, a, a game in which we're not playing great offensively. It's, it's really good to see because um, I think in order to win a national title or in order to really accomplish a, a really uh, great thing in the sport, you have to be able to win a game every kind of way. So I think you have to be able to win a game in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. And, you know, if you can't adapt and adjust to whatever type of game you're playing, it's just when you play six opponents 
over a three-week stretch, it's going to be really hard to win all six of those games. Um, and you're going to have to probably get some breaks as is, but just having the ability to win all different types of games, uh, I, I think that that bodes well for us going into the uh, going into March, really. Looking at the numbers from Saturday's game versus Arkansas, 29 bench points to the Hogs. I believe it was eight bench points. And so, as you mentioned, uh, scoring across, there was a lot of different lineup changes and a lot of different guys that were contributing at certain times of the game based off defensive matchups. And not necessarily, you know, I think Arkansas probably had more foul trouble than we did. Uh, We only hit one three-pointer in the second half. We were one of 13. We shot 24% from three. Uh, in the entire game, but finding a way to grind out that win was huge. And Britain coming in to this week at uh, Kentucky on Saturday versus Mississippi State on Wednesday. Wednesday's game will be at 6 p.m. in Coleman Coliseum. It's either going to be on ESPN2 or ESPNU, but that doesn't really matter because we want to see a sellout in Coleman Coliseum on Wednesday night versus a very good rebounding team in Mississippi State. And it goes without saying that Kentucky presents a lot of challenges challenges on Saturday. These are both teams that you haven't beaten this year, and these are teams that are playing pretty good basketball. Um, and at Mississippi State, especially a team that Alabama struggled with in Starkville a couple weeks ago. So what are some key points uh, rebounding-wise, defensively? Uh, both these teams have really good big men. Take me through this week and what the focus is uh, in order to be able to have success. Yeah, I mean, it's always – good to play a team a second time especially a team that you lose to on the first time just because you kind of you kind of felt each other out you kind of have a feel for what they do well what they don't I mean granted having played at Alabama for four years you know what Mississippi State is going to do well from a program standpoint you know what Kentucky's going to do well from a program standpoint but just kind of every team is is going to be slightly different and um you know kind of rewinding back to that Mississippi State game I thought we played uh, 32, 36 minutes of good basketball. You know, I think we were in control for the majority of the game. And it was that eight to four minute stretch of the second half where they absolutely clobbered us on the boards. I mean, that was the difference in the game. Ultimately, we were up on the boards going into that four minutes. I think we were down like 10 by the time the under four media hit. And so really just that's going to be a major point of emphasis. We didn't rebound the ball well against Arkansas. So I, I just know that coming into this game, that's going to be a major point of emphasis for us. They have some really good players. Iverson Molinar is a stud um, and it really just keys everything that they do. And, and they have some really good bigs that rebound the ball at, at a really high level. And so um, it's going to be a, a tough challenge for us. And then, um, and, and one we're excited for, you know, I think uh, losing to them a game that, you know, they're, they're a really good team. I thought it was a game that we, we really were in control of for the majority of it. And, probably should have come out on top, but we struggled for that four-minute stretch, and all of a sudden the game flipped. And so excited to kind of get them back at home and, and hopefully come out on top this time. And um, and then, you know, going to Saturday, obviously Kentucky at Rupp, that's uh, the famous venue. It's, it's a blue blood team, uh, and, and they're very, very strong this year, I think, you know, top five team in the country. And so, uh, you know, they just beat us, shoot, Oh, just over a week ago. So we just saw them, you know, that loss is very fresh. And, and I think we're going to be able to build off of what we did well uh, in that game. Cause I think there are a lot of things we did really well. Um, and hopefully, you know, going into rough, if we can just make a couple more shots, we might be looking at a different game. So um, I'm excited to ha- have, you know, two really good opponents. And, and the good thing is they play a pretty similar brand of basketball. They use a lot of twirl sets offensively, 
Um, they're not afraid to shoot the mid-range shot. In fact, you know, you look at a guy like Keon Brooks, that's like what he does. That's his bread and butter. So um, it's it's a pretty similar brand of basketball those two teams play. Uh, defensively, they're always hard-nosed, and they always rebound the ball really well. So, um, you know, scouting for Mississippi State will actually help us scout for Kentucky, which is it's good when you play two teams back-to-back that play pretty similar brands of the basketball. So uh, I'm looking forward to this week. It's a really big opportunity for our program to take another step forward and, you know, establish ourselves as one of the best programs in the league this year and, you know, a team that can potentially go on a run going into March. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, only six games left. Kentucky, a team that you'll end up seeing uh, twice in a two-week span, Mississippi State, a little bit uh, less fresh, but definitely a loss earlier in the season. Rebounding is going to be key in both of those games. And something you mentioned in terms of scouting, I think is really interesting, having one game lead to another. You talk, We always talk about, and you mentioned on the podcast, uh, about how, you know, you focus on one game and then it'll – uh, the different the next game is going to be a completely different scouting plan this that and the other well these are both teams you've seen before so this week has got to be a little bit different um in all of that but getting mississippi state at wednesday on wednesday at home should help keep things a uh, relatively normal pace uh playing at rup let's talk about that for a little bit because that's something you, you've won there you've lost there um it's it's a special venue you mentioned it being a blue blood program that game's on uh, CBS at noon on Saturday. I mean, it's going to have the, the eyes of the nation. Uh, talk about as a player playing there and the win in COVID was a little different, obviously with limited capacity, uh, but that place is special. And I was able to see it two years ago at full capacity. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's a great environment. It's one of those environments that you really grow up wanting to play in, you know, and it's, it's a special thing to be able to, to play there. And, uh, they always have a great crowd. I mean, it's pretty much always a sellout at Rupp. And, um, you know, in the past, we played them pretty well there. And so two years ago when you were there, it was a, it was a tight game. It was a one-possession game in the last couple of minutes. And then they hit a couple of shots that put them over the top. But um, obviously being able to get the win last year was just so big. And really, I think it was one of those games that set the tone for what we could be as a, as a team. Obviously, Kentucky wasn't what they normally are. And, and what they are this year in terms of quality of team, not to say they weren't good, but just, you know, we're used to them being a top 10 team in the country year in, year out. Um, but even so, just winning there is a very tough thing to do. And so uh, that was a huge step for us. Uh, uh, hopefully it'll be a huge step for us again this year, um, as this year they'll be a top five team when we play them. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that challenge, but it's always fun. I mean, you can probably speak to the experience of, of watching a game there. Uh, are you going this year? Yeah, I need to call your dad, actually, this afternoon. Uh, the plan is still to go. I talked to him uh, Saturday before the Arkansas game, talked to your parents. Um, but I, I think our plan is to go, um, leave Friday afternoon, maybe get some dinner in Nashville, get up to Lexington uh, as soon as possible. But with that early game, I, hopefully we're going to stay at that hotel uh, that's connected to the arena. But, I mean, it is – it's special. And I mean, if I go, I I have to wear my red because you stick out like a sore thumb uh, if you're an Alabama fan. I mean, you can't wear blue, you can't wear white because you're just going to fit in uh, with every other fan. I think it holds like 23,000 or something like that. Uh, But anyways, your dad and I have many a story from that trip to Kentucky two years ago. Um, I remember he was saying, 
I think it was to your mom. He was saying, what am I going to talk to William? You know, I know him. He's friends with Britain. What am I going to talk to him about for six hours in the car? And there wasn't a second of airspace where he and I weren't talking back and forth. We had a great time. So hopefully I'll be able to make that trip up um, this weekend. Britton, let's talk about, I have one other question for you in, in general, kind of a, a zoom out and look at the SEC a little bit. Two-thirds of the way done through SEC play. Six and six overall. You look at these last six games. Obviously, as we always talk about, you take it on a game-by-game basis. But when you look around, and maybe when Coach Oates looks around at the league right now, who's a team that's maybe not necessarily at the top, um, but a program that's that's been impressive this season despite their record? Uh, maybe somebody that's left on the schedule, not necessarily this week, but in the future. Um, how, how do you assess the SEC as a whole at this point, two-thirds of the way through the conference season? Yeah, hold up. I'm kind of pulling up the uh, SEC schedule as or the SEC standings as we speak. Um, you know, I, I think a team that's impressed me just from watching their program grow into what it is today has has been Vanderbilt. You know, I think they're a team that my first couple of years they were, I mean, really really bad, uh, bottom of the league both years. They were kind of towards the bottom of the league last year, but they were better. Like they were noticeably better. They're more competitive. And this year they found their way into being a five and seven team in conference. And, you know, we're six and six. So uh, just seeing the way they've grown as a program has been just so impressive. Jerry Stackhouse has done an awesome job with them. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. is a very, very good player. Um, You know, I think that there's a lot of really good teams in the middle. I think that's what's great about the SEC this year is it's just really competitive top to bottom. and so that that's a team that, you know, I think has flown under the radar. I mean, we can talk all day about the Auburns, the Kentuckys, the Tennessees, the Arkansas, the LSUs, you know, those are all just great teams. And, and obviously, like I, we just spent five minutes talking about Mississippi State, who's five and six in conference, but is a really solid team this year, better than they were last year, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, league top to bottom is just really strong. But a team that, you know, I don't know where they're sitting on uh, – you know, bracket projections or anything like that, but just seeing how they built as a program over the last few years. And, and I'm projecting that they'll be continuing to improve, you know, in the future. And so uh, it's been really impressive what the Stackhouse has done there from, you know, my first year, they were just, they were really bad and they've slowly been improving. So uh, I think it speaks to um, when you give a coach an opportunity to build a culture and build a program, kind of the long lasting effects they can have, but, yeah, it's kind of just a random team that comes to mind. I think when you look at the SEC right now, you've talked earlier on this podcast about having, you know, clawing and fighting for that four seed, um, maybe trying to get to to that two-round bye and play on Friday. But, I mean, you get to the middle of the conference right now, and it is a dogfight. You've got to scratch and claw for not only every point on every possession, no matter where you play your games, especially going into these last six games. But, I mean, you could end up the four seed. You could end up – uh, the you know the nine or ten seed, depending on how the ball bounces, even the eleven seed, um, if you're not able to have some success. So I think that is the beauty of this league and the beauty of college basketball, in that there are going to be teams and because of the way the SEC structured this year that play on Wednesday that had the ball bounce the other way a couple of times, had they gotten some things to go their way, they probably could have been a six, seven, or eight seed. Um, when it comes to the conference tournament. So I'm really excited about that. Vanderbilt is definitely a team we will keep our eye on. Alabama plays them on Tuesday, February 22nd 
That game is in Nashville, an 8 p.m. tip-off on the SEC Network. We'll talk about that game on next week's podcast. But, Britton, um, as we kind of wrap up here on Week 15 of the Main Streets Podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue, I want to ask you about the fans, uh, and that's something that players and coaches have talked about in press conferences. But what has it been like to play at home in front of the fantastic fans this year? Yeah, I mean, Coleman has been awesome. And, you know, kind of coming off of – the COVID year we had last year where we had a great season, but, um, you know, just had limited capacity. It was so good to have a, a full Coleman for this entire year. I think the student section has been unbelievable uh, throughout the year. I think maybe, maybe barring Saturday, Saturday is probably their, their worst showing in a while, but you know, it was 11 a.m. tip. I get it. Um, but outside of that, they have been, I mean, packed to the brim just about every single uh, game, which has been awesome. And, you know, I think it's kind of made the environment better for the whole arena. I think the whole arena's uh, been pushed to be louder, to be more active as fans. And um, so it's been a great environment. You know, something I've, I think we said a couple of times on this podcast is we can we can debate on the quality of, of Coleman as an arena and, you know, where it ranks in the SEC arenas all day. But when you get a sold out or close to sold out Coleman, uh, it's one of the best environments in the SEC. It has one of the best home court advantages in the country. So uh, it's it's great to have that as your home court advantage. And uh, shoot, we're going to need it. I think down the stretch we have uh, some pretty pivotal home games. So uh, with with one coming up on Wednesday, that's big. So uh, we got to finish this year strong. And I think those home games are we got to protect the crew. No more losses at home. So that's going to be definitely a point of emphasis for us. Protecting the crib, Wednesday versus Mississippi State, February 26th. That's a Saturday versus South Carolina. And Wednesday, March 2nd versus Texas A&M. That's definitely going to be super important. Got to play hard, got to play well in those games. Hey, I know I texted you, actually called you about this yesterday, uh, but I ran into Juwan Gary at the Walgreens on University yesterday. Legend. And I was checking Legend. out and I was like, huh, that guy looks like Juwan Gary. And he walked in I was like, oh, that is Juwan Gary. And uh, I had my Mean Streets vest on, so shout out to Bandwagon Sports. But I was like, hey, I'm uh, I'm William Galloway. That, that name doesn't mean anything to you, but I do the podcast with Britton. And he said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a, I'm a fan. So uh, shout out to Juwan Gary for being a fan of the Mean Streets podcast. Maybe uh, at some point this season or after the season we can get him on. Um, but he and I had a great conversation about the memes that he does after the game, the face mask and everything in between. Um, so, you know, any, any, any compliment you can give to Juwan Gary, I think we can all compliment Juwan Gary as Alabama fans, but, uh, what's he like to play with as a player and then as a friend in the locker room? Yeah. I mean, I, I think to talk about this Juwan is to just talk about a team player and ever since the word, um, he is a guy that's do, is willing to do whatever it takes to kind of help us win. And a lot of times that means he has to sacrifice, you know, scoring. He has to sacrifice maybe a few minutes here and there, but he's more than willing to do that because he just wants to win and he wants to help us win in any way possible. And so even when it comes to, I mean, over the last few weeks, I've seen him working on his off ball screening just to set up shooters. Like it's something he takes a lot of pride in. So seeing him step up in that way, he's going to be absolutely crucial to what we do down the stretch of this season. Um, man, yeah, I, I love Juan. I love playing with Juan. He is He's a guy you love to have in your corner. There's no question about that. And um, just a good dude off the court as well. So uh, love me some Jawan Gary. He's a great teammate. Hey, we want to remind everybody to follow the Mean Streets podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Mean Streets Pod. Check us out 
on there for uh, Full Moon Barbecue gift card giveaways. Check us out for game day content, uh, features, videos, pictures, and more. Check out bandwagonsports.com. Click on Team Shop, then click on Mean Streets to buy your Mean Streets merchandise today. That won't last forever, so check out our merchandise webpage on bandwagonsports.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Be sure to come say hello at games in Coleman Coliseum. I'll have gift cards on me for every game that I'm at. I'll have um, Mean Street stickers as well. You can put on your car, you can put on your laptop or whatever. I'm William Galloway. Britain's going to have the last word for us. This is week 15 of the Mean Streets podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. Britain, take it away. Hey, big week ahead. Um, great opportunity for us as a team to, to take a step forward and to really uh, turn a two-game win streak into a run. And so uh, that's what we're looking to do and, and really have a strong February and strong March. I think it kind of starts here. It's a pivotal week for us. So we'd love y'all support on Wednesday. Love to have Coleman packed out and uh, welcome the Bulldogs to Coleman Coliseum. So roll tide and have a great week.